Hello, and welcome back to the Smart Pizza Marketing Podcast. My guest today is Sonny from Fat Pizza in the UK. Sonny is in our mastermind group, so I talk to him on a regular basis. And every time we talk on the mastermind group, I always think to myself, you know what? We got to do a podcast together because Sonny is going to open 75 to 100 locations this year. You heard me right. He's on pace, and we talk about it on the podcast, for him to open franchise locations for Fat Pizza, the Fat Pizza in the UK, 75 to 100 this year. We talk about that on this episode of the podcast. I've known Sonny for quite a few years, talking to him inside of our group every other week, and he continues to amaze me. His knowledge on Facebook advertising, his knowledge on developing and using an app to reactivate customers and how to use ads to get new customers. His, his knowledge of that is just off the charts. And we talk about that on this podcast. We also talk about how he prepares his staff for growth and the systems that he puts into place in order to be able to sell franchises and open so many locations in such a short period of time. It's something that he's been working a long time on and we're going to share the information with you on this episode of the podcast. So if you've been thinking about maybe franchising your business or growth or how to open more locations in the future, this is definitely going to be a podcast episode that you're going to want to stick around for and take some notes on. You may even listen to it a couple of times because I'm from Boston. Sonny's from the UK. We both talk kind of fast. So this one may be one where you may have to go back and re-listen to it because we both get excited. And when we do that, we get talking pretty quick. Uh, the other thing is Pizza Summit 2021 is happening. Use code SPM Live or SPM Podcast for 50% off your ticket. That's right. For just 25 bucks, I think it's less than 25 bucks when you go to pizzasummit.com, pizzasummit2021.com, pizzasummit2021.com, and use the code SPM Live or SPM Podcast in the coupon code sections. You're going to get 50% off your ticket. The sessions that we have coming at you for this year's summit are amazing. We're going to talk a lot about Google because we all know social media changes so quickly. Facebook and Apple are having their war when it comes to privacy issues and they're not getting along well. But Google is still something that you need to pay attention to. And maybe it's something that you need to pay attention to if you haven't in the past. We have two sessions happening on Google, one with Dennis Yu, who gets paid many, many thousands of dollars to work with big companies that you've probably heard of, like the Golden State Warriors, to run their advertising on Google and Facebook. He's doing a whole session on how to leverage Google Analytics, Google My Business, and Google Advertising specifically for pizzerias. This session alone is going to be worth the ticket for the entire Pizza Summit. So if you just come to Dennis's session, you will make back the $25 you spent on a ticket the second the session is over and you implement what he talks about. The rest is all bonus. But I believe there's 30 sessions, 30 hours of content, all for you for just $50 if you don't use the coupon, if you listen to this later on and you want to go back and watch the replays. But if you're listening to this podcast when it comes out and you use the code SPM Live or SPM Podcast, you get 50% off the ticket. So go do that right now. Pizza Summit 2021-2021.com. Use the code SPM podcast. You get 50% off. I guarantee you, you're going to get your money back when you do that. You are going to enjoy the episode and they're all recorded for you. We're going to record them live on video. We're going to pre-record some sessions. You get access to all of that. We're going to convert them into podcasts that are only available to people who join the summit. If you want to grow your business, you want to learn what's happening in Facebook, Instagram, 
you want to hear from other entrepreneurs that you can join live and ask questions, you are not going to want to miss out on this year's summit. So again, pizzasummit2021.com. Use the coupon code SPMLIVE or SPMPODCAST for 50% off. That coupon does expire Friday. So if you're listening to this podcast when it comes out, it expires the 20, 21st, I believe it is. That's when that coupon code expires. So if you're listening to this after that, you missed out. You should have subscribed to the podcast so you got access to the coupon code that has already expired. Sorry about that. But I hope to see you at this year's Pizza Summit 2021. If you're looking to market your pizzeria in 2021, you have to contact MailShark. It's got to be your direct mail go-to company. Whether you want to get your menu in the hands of new customers or promote your pizza shop with a postcard, magnet, or one of the hottest direct mail pieces, they have these plastic postcards. MailShark will work with you to come up with the best marketing plan that fits your budget. And that's very important in 2021. MailShark gives pizzerias the ability to spread those mailings and payments out over a weekly schedule. So it doesn't have to be all upfront money. It helps you out, lets you work with them to put those content pieces out and pay for it as you go. Thousands of pizzerias trust MailShark with their direct mail and printing marketing. They are the best in the industry. Give them a call today, 610-621-5116, or you can visit them at themailshark.com forward slash SPM to find out how they can help your pizza shop. They have so many options available. Again, 610-621-5116 or themailshark.com forward slash SPM. If you're looking for consistent quality and superior fresh tomato flavor, check out Stanislaus Food Products. Real Italian values guide this family-owned company. Values like work hard, never cut corners, always do your best, and keep your word. They know consistent flavor and quality is crucial to great food. That's why they work so hard to provide you with the freshest tomato flavor can after can. You can follow them on Instagram at Stanislaus Tomatoes for weekly business building ideas from other successful pizzerias. And I have to say over the past few months, I've been using Stanislaus products in my pizzas that you see over on Instagram that I'm making at home. And I'm very happy with the results. I love this food product and I am very picky about who we suggest you use here on the podcast. So if you hear them on the podcast, you know, I endorse them. I use them. I enjoy them. So if you're listening to this, go check them out on Instagram at Stanislaus Tomatoes. You will not regret it. All right. I'm excited to share this interview with Sonny from the fat pizza in the UK talking all about systems franchising, growth, motivation, all of that stuff happening on this episode. I hope you enjoyed it, and let's get into it. All right, welcome back to the podcast. My guest today is Sonny from The Fat Pizza in the UK. Sonny and I have known each other for a long time. We pretty much talk twice a month, every month for the last couple of years now. Uh, and he has a very interesting story. He's growing a very successful pizzeria franchise in the UK, and he's always testing things out and trying new things. And I'm fascinated with his philosophy when it comes to marketing. So finally getting him on the podcast. Sonny, thank you so much for joining me. Very much appreciated. Thanks for having me, Bruce. It's, uh, it's good to be here. This is great. Uh, we, you know, I always feel like you and I talk all the time because you're in the, in the, in our group that we meet twice a month in. And I always feel like I talk to you. So I'm like, I know you, but then I'm like, you know what? We should do a podcast because everybody, not everybody gets to hear what we talk about inside that group. And you're doing some really cool stuff with your business. So before we get into all that, give us a little intro about who you are and what you do. 
Yeah, no worries. Um, well, first of all, I think uh, my wife may argue that I talk to you more than her, but you know, that's just the <laughs> standard, isn't it? But um, we, no, we do talk a lot, but um, I've, uh, my name's Sonny. I've got, um, I've got, basically I've got two hats on. One is um, the Fat Pizza, uh, which is a franchise uh, in the UK and we're, we're growing quite quickly. Um, and then we, we started the Takeaway Doctor, which is sort of consulting for takeaways. But uh, to be honest, that's, that's taken more of a backseat now because uh, the fat pizza is growing quite rapidly. Um, I've been in the industry since I was 12 years old. Um, uh, running my, I ran my first shift in a pizza shop when I was 12. Um, not legally, obviously, but uh, I ended up doing it and opening the shop up and, and going from there. And uh, I've been in the industry ever since. I've had... Uh, uh, I went to uni, I still had a pizza shop on the side. Uh, I did what I call a proper job as a managing consultant, but still had a pizza shop on the side. And, uh, and now, yeah, now we, we, we're growing our own franchise. When did you open the first fat pizza, the fat pizza? Um, I think it was three and a half years ago. Uh, it, it changes every year, Bruce, so I keep on forgetting uh, how long we've been going. Yeah, <laughs> but, um, yeah. yeah, but it's, yeah, we opened the first one um, and then we, we quickly went up to uh, up to three of my own ones. Um, and then basically this time last year is where we really started looking at, at franchising. Um, I always thought I had a bit of imposter syndrome. I think, well, I think I had imposter syndrome. You know, you think, are we really good enough to franchise? And is what is our system strong enough? And and all that sort of stuff. Um, but we've gone from some four this time last year to now 21. I think last week was number 21. Um, next week is going to be number 22. And we think we're going to get um, up to close to 75 to 100 by the end of the year. Um, which would probably put us around the fourth or fifth biggest chains in the UK. And I think this time next year, we, we will be behind Pizza Hut, Papa John's and, and Domino's. Yeah. Every time I talk to you on our monthly call, you're like, yeah, we opened up three locations last week, every single month. <laughs> like, wow. How does this guy do it? Every time we talk to him, he's opening up a couple of new locations, which is amazing. Let me ask you this. When you first started your first one, what was the hardest one? Because I think even inside of our group where we talk to other people who are in there, the hardest thing for them to grasp is how fast you're growing. So what was the most challenging one? Was it going from one to two, two to three, you know, to five or the 10th? Like now that you're open so many of them, like where was it yeah. the part that you had to get over that hump? Um, I think we've, I've always been used to having multiple stores. So for, even when I used to be with the franchises, so I previously had a Papa John's franchise, um, and all that, and had a perfect pizza franchise, all that sort of stuff. So for me, the multiple units wasn't that big a deal. I think the first franchise store was definitely the hardest one because then you, uh, a lot of it is, you know, are they good enough? How do you choose the right franchisee? Are they going to be successful? And then it's more, more the stress of making sure that they're doing well, you know, and they're, you know, are they making money, you know, and all this sort of stuff. So a lot of, especially the way that I do franchising in, in Fat Pizza side is, you 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 um you work as more of a partnership so i want them to do well and you know and and i think that's the bit that i enjoy but that's also the bit that sort of worries me you know in the, in the sense that uh, can we make sure that they're going to do well you know how do we put it have they are they have we put everything in place to give them the best chance of success and um for me that's the, the first franchise is the one and to be fair every franchise um it, it always stresses me out when they're when they're not doing high volume so for every store, the first few weeks, I'm always on tenterhooks. The first day, I'm like, you know, 
I'm looking at it going, how many orders are we going to have today? Is it going to be 10? Is it going to be 40? Is it going to be 50? You know, and, and, and all that sort of stuff. So it's always, that's the main stress level for me. How many stores are you, do you own versus franchise? Uh, I've got three. Um, and then now there's 18, 18 franchises. Um, and then all but one of them is single, single unit franchisees. And I think 70% of them are looking to, to open their second one. They've only been open. Some of them have only been open three, four months, but they're already looking to, to do their second. A guy today was talking about his third and fourth. And, uh, it, it that, that's the bit that I enjoy because he's, you know, he's a small family run, you know, just a family owning their first business. He used to be a manager in a Domino's and, uh, he's now going to go from one, sort of like in November last year, uh, he's opening his first one. And now I think probably by the way he's going by November, December this year, he's probably going to have four um, in terms of what he's doing. So he's, he's really, really, and, he, and I, I like him because he pushed me. So, you know, he's saying, why aren't we doing this? And why aren't we doing this? And this stuff that, you know, that I enjoy is like, you know, making me do some work for him. Yeah. That's, that's great to have people and partners like that. Why did you go yeah, the franchise route versus open them all yourself? Um, we could have done both, um, purely and simply. Um, I love opening stores up and our model, even, and I think that's why the franchisees, I guess, appreciate our model so much because we're doing so much for them. It's like, uh, there wouldn't be, to be honest, there wouldn't be much difference if I opened my own up with a manager to, as opposed to them being a franchisee. So it, it purely got down to the stage where, um, it's what I was comfortable with. I come from a franchise, franchise or franchisee background. Um, I think as they open multiple stores, I think that is where the advantage of having um, franchises is going to be become more apparent. At the moment, it's um, you know when the when the single unit franchisees they they might as well be a manager because I basically control all of the marketing. I control any complaints that are coming in. Uh, all they're basically doing in in the stores is is making pizza. Um, cutting pizza and, and putting it in a bag um, is it, it's going to get to the stage where even the dispatching of the drivers is is handled automatically by basically an algorithm based on how I send our drivers. So it's it's kind of like um, it, it 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 could have been either or, you know, basically. But I think hopefully I've made the right decision. We'll we'll know in about a year's time if it's the right decision, but <laughs> we'll see what happens. What's the what's the benefit for you with the franchise model versus? owning them but it just like eventually yeah. you can grow faster or you maybe you can hand off some of that responsibility to the owner itself is that the benefit for you i think that is yeah and going back to the guy for example the franchisee when he's when he's challenging me asking me like okay what can i do this and can i make my delivery area better or what about this and i like this product and he sends me stuff that maybe another uh, stores doing he goes can we do something like this you know that, that that sort of stuff that sort of challenge is is what i enjoy because i think in the takeaway industry generally we're all narcissists, especially when we have our own business. We, we all think, you know, whatever you feel, you know, we, we've got huge egos. You know, we think we're doing all the right stuff. And, you know, we're always looking to learn, but we always think, you know, we've, we've got the best system. We've got the best pizza, you know, and all that sort of stuff on there. So you need someone sometimes just to say, well, why can't we do this? And I think from my point of view, I'd listen more to a franchisee than I would a manager. Whether that's right or wrong is just the fact because the manager is someone you put in there. With a franchisee, he's, he's an equal. So he's going to say, I've got this business. Why can't we, why are we doing this this way? Is this system the best way of doing it? And all that sort of stuff. And when you look at stories of McDonald's and, and all them sort of stuff, you know, most of their new product innovations came via their franchisees. So you look at that thinking, okay, well, you know, I, sh I should listen to these guys because we're going to do stuff. And so 
um, there's a lot of that on there. It's, you know, we're very centralized in terms of how we operate. So you need, I, I've, I do like the fact that there's outside influence. I think, you know, some people need to control me, I think as well. And I think the franchisees do that. Yeah. And there's something about it too. Like everybody says like the manager is part of the team and part of the building process and have skin in the game. But when you're a franchisee, you put up money to own and operate, even if it's in like a partnership with you, like they have skin in the game. So they need it to be successful. Otherwise they'll lose something too, not just their job. Exactly. Uh, and that's, and we, we've de-skilled our system so much that the managers at store level, they're, they're not doing much, uh, you know, in, in terms, we're not, we're, I think not doing much is the wrong word. We're not having them do much in the, in the store. So they're literally running shifts. So our managers are, um, they're not involved really in the marketing. They're not involved in much else apart from, you know, organizing these pizzas being made and sent out. The marketing is, isn't done by the franchisees. The marketing is done by us. So there's not, you know, in terms of having managers involved, there won't be any comeback because they're literally just doing what, what I say. Um, you've been in the pizza industry and I know you had your own store, Bruce, in, in the past. You would literally be able to probably walk into any one of my stores now, um, pick up the, the iPad and you would be able to run the shift without me saying anything to you. Um, you'd be able to open the store, you'd be able to close the store, you'd be able to critique people's pizzas based on videos we've already made, all that sort of stuff. So you would literally be able to run it and they wouldn't know that you've never done it before. Wow. So how, how long did it take you to get to that point? Because I think everybody listening to this podcast wants to get to that level. How long did it take you to figure all that out? Um, I, I can't cook at home, so it makes it easy. Because I can't cook at home, um, th- like if you asked me to make a pizza at home, uh, I literally would not know where to start. But if you tell me, can you make a pizza shop and serve, you know, hundreds and thousands of people a week, I'll, I'll, you know, that's that's my forte. But um, so because I can't cook at home, I think I'll make it easy because I'll I, I'll simplify everything to, you know, to a case of this is where you put this and you put this in now after two minutes, put this in now. And it's you just have to be the most patronizing you can ever imagine yourself being. And if you do that, um, your employees will actually appreciate it. Because what you've got to remember, if you, especially if you've got a system in place, then rather than you telling them to do something, they can read somewhere or they can watch a video or they can interact with checklists and so forth so that they don't have someone in their ear. So no matter how patronizing you think you're being, it's much less patronizing having it on in front of you to, to follow than it is to have someone telling you how to do it. So it's, and that's how this, that's basically the, the principles behind the system. And then you improve on it. You know, you start off with basic, basic lists and then you go to, you know, now, now it's just all videos. Now it's a case of, right, I'm just want a video for everything. I want the list because obviously that's where you reference, but then I want a video of how to do everything. And we've actually launched a virtual concept in all of our fat pizza stores. And, um, and it's, it, it sounds complicated. We're doing gourmet burgers, we're doing ice cream sundaes and, you know, milk, gelato, milkshakes, all that sort of stuff on there. Really everything that's going to, um, you're going to enjoy eating, but then, you know, you'll, you'll want to run <laughs> for, for afterwards. But, um, we, we did that purely with no, uh, training within the store. We did that all on video in the sense that we sent the videos out to the franchisees. We said, this is what we want you to do. Start learning it, show your staff it. And then in, in certain stores, there was no, the no training has been done, you know, by us. We've just done the whole thing um, electronically and, oh, uh, and it's worked. Sorry, it's gone really well. Uh, you know, they've, some of the sales, and, and again, this is the bit that I don't like, some of the sales on, on the burger and dessert side 
uh, are almost as much as the fat pizza side. So, you know, you start thinking, hang about, are we fat pizza or are we something else now? You know, and all that sort of stuff. But um, for me, um, I'm not... I'm not precious about fat pizza in, in the sense that it should always be number one. It, it obviously should be. I care about it and everything like that. But my main, especially with the franchisees, my main thing is that they make money, you know, in terms of what they're doing. And takeaway is a volume game. You know, whatever you want to do, there's economies of scale in, in drivers and staff and everything like that. So whatever I can do to get their sales volume up is an older you know, I don't care. You know, and I know there are a lot of things very precious. Are oh, we just do pizza or, or, you know, and all that sort of stuff. But um, I learned a long time ago. I had, a, I had a good mentor when I was younger. And, you know, he just he taught me about break-evens and all that sort of stuff. And it was from then I realized that there's no point in doing low volume because you, you basically buy yourself a job. Um, there's, only, there's only real profit in volume. And so that's what I go for, for the franchises. And the thing I like about you, is that I feel like you're more of a, a takeout specialist than a pizza specialist. You know, we talk a lot and you do a lot of ghost kitchens. You do a lot of small facilities where you don't have any dine in. All you do is takeout and delivery out of a smaller footprint. So, and we talk often too about, you think you could really take the system that you built for fat pizza in doesn't matter what the food is. You could do the system that you have, the footprint, all the, the equipment may be a little bit different, um, but the system itself in how you've set it up and the structure would be the same. So we've talked to many times, you're thinking about open many different kinds of concepts with this takeout delivery model that you've built because of the system that you put in place. Am I saying that correctly? Yeah, hundred um, percent. I actually met someone two days ago. They're going to open a, um, going against what you just said, in a way, we were going to open a fat pizza in a, uh, above a 200 seater restaurant <laughs> so we're going to do that but then we're not going to use the 200 seater restaurant we're literally just going to be doing deliveries out the back door as fat pizza um so we're doing that but then also we're, we're looking at doing uh, another concept we're looking at doing a donna a donna kebab concept which is popular over here we're also looking um i've also got ready to go uh, an indian concept where again we've built the system to cook Indian without a chef, you know, and, and be that good that we can now put it on Facebook Live. But I think, I think the thing is I'm, I'm more, uh, I think the, in, the summary is I'm a pragmatist when it comes to takeout and delivery. I don't, I don't enjoy dining. I think I'd enjoy the social aspect of having my friends come and see me in a restaurant more than I would actually run in a restaurant, you know, as, as, you know in terms of, so it'd be more vanity than, than anything else. Um, but takeout and delivery, um, and delivery especially. I've got stores that don't even do takeout. They're just delivery, purely delivery on there. Um, I enjoy that because I think the opportunities are whatever you make them. Um, I think with a restaurant, you're, you, you, you are kind of constrained by how you've made it look. And in terms of, uh, is it a destination restaurant? Is it a, um, a restaurant where you've got a lot of passing trade and foot traffic? With takeout, um, I genuinely believe that most takeaway premises, um, just takeout, just just takeout is pure luck. Um, I, you know, we can do analysis of footfall and all that sort of stuff on there, and, and we assume that we're going to be slightly busier than normal. But I think it is luck because you can be you can be on the opposite side of the street to someone doing huge stuff, and and maybe guys walk differently when they're coming back from the railway station, for example. And so they don't go past and you could do half the much sales as a guy opposite you. So um, with delivery, I think things are more certain. And uh, um, I guess I like being in control because I can increase sales. And again, with, with delivery, I can double sales in two weeks um, and keep on doubling sales every week and you know, add huge amounts of sales every, every three weeks. 
but with takeaway, you, you, you know, it, there's a limit, you know, you, you'll grow a 25% up in a year and you know, you might be happy. Um, with delivery, I don't get that. The opportunity is there. As long as someone else is delivering to them, it means that I, I can I can steal their customer. So that's the way yeah. I look at it. Yeah, you always we always talk about that. And if 2020 taught us anything as well, it said that you know the delivery takeout aspect isn't as vulnerable to something happening in, either in the economy or with this like this pandemic that happened in 2020 or is happening still now as we're recording this podcast. The delivery takeout model is kind of I don't want to say it's like not susceptible to that, but it doesn't get affected as much as the dine-in as we saw when it comes to like something happening like it did in 2020. Hopefully it never happens again, but if it does, you're more prepared for it than a restaurant who has to rely on the bar or people actually coming and visiting you in the restaurant. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, but there is one thing that does affect us is snow. That's the, that's the one. And, uh, I'm a, I'm a snow denier. So even if I see it falling, I'm saying it's not settling. It's not settling until like, <laughs> you know, I'm going to fall flat on my face on it. Then that's it. But when it comes to snow, I'm scared, genuinely scared because you, we, you, know, you never know who, which drivers are going to turn up and who's going to want to drive, who's not going to want to drive, et cetera. So snow is the snow is, is my pandemic. Does it snow a lot? No, and I don't, I'm not even going to talk about it, Bruce, because if I say it, it's going to come, isn't it? So, <laughs> so that's it. But, but no, it's a, probably probably it snows badly maybe once every three, four years. Yeah, that's that sort of level it does, and it's usually only for about a week or so. But uh, I don't want to tempt fate like that, Bruce. You can't ask me questions like that, just in yeah. case. You know, that's once it. every three or four years, you'll never make it in Boston then. Well, I know you do keep on telling me about the snow, Boston, but then I think if it comes regularly, then you're more used to it, and then sure. you have more things to cope. So. Uh, in the UK, we, we've never heard of anything called winter tires or all that sort of stuff. You know, no, but over in, over there, you know, it's just normal, isn't it? When you have snow, you know, and all this sort of stuff. So, and we're not used to it. That, that's the thing. We're just generally not used to it. No one, no one here is. Is it, I think in Canada, I'm not sure if it's in America, but they, they they clear the driveways and the pavements in front of their houses and stuff like that. When it when it snows here, you know, you, you're struggling because it's all ice on the pavements. So wow. Different. Yeah. Yeah, we're used to it here for sure. Let me ask you this. Exactly. So now we, you know, when it comes to all the marketing, you do all the marketing for all your franchises, which we talk about quite a bit. And yeah. you are very much a proponent of your app. Like you've downloaded, you've created an app for people to subscribe to. A lot of your marketing that we talk about goes towards pushing people to download the app. Why do you love the your app so much? And why do you try to make all your marketing push towards people downloading your app? Um, first and foremost, we don't do. Um, we haven't printed a leaflet um, in four years. Um, we haven't done a menu on a leaflet or anything. So it's all digital. Um, so when you're digital, there's is we're either going to send them to the website or the Apple website. Um, there's you know there is a bit of loyalty. You can do email campaigns, etc., and all that sort of stuff from there. But with the app, um, it's like I've got them. I've ring fenced them. Um, they if they're on my if they're downloading my app and they're using my app, um, it's very if we don't mess up and there's going to be times when we mess up, we're going to have late deliveries. We're going to, you know, things are going to happen always. Um, but if we don't mess up that badly, then we can um, really, uh, it's going to be very hard for anyone to steal my customer. Um, and if they've got rewards and things like that on there. So if, if for example, a customer's used us four or five times, they might have points to, to get a free pizza or something like that, you know, on, on the app. So if they've got that free pizza and then uh, say you, you open up, you know, Bruce's pizza down the road and you're reaching out to them going, yeah, come and try me, have my whatever, 20% off or something like that, my opening offer and, and everything, it, you know, the, you're going to remind them of pizza 
Um, and then they're going to remember they've got they might have a free pizza on my app, and they've used us before. They've got the they know the the you know it goes with the live tracking and everything like that. So that's why that's why it works, and um, it sort of happened by accident because you know it's only Fat Pizza. There's no one. There's no brand awareness for Fat Pizza, and I don't believe in that we're anywhere big enough until we get to 200 odd stores to to worry about doing over brand awareness. So. And before we go into an area, no one's heard of Fat Pizza. Um, we, we go into a town and, you know, no one's tried us. No one's used us. There might be three or four people who've ventured somewhere, but they don't know us. And we're really good at um, getting, on the first day, we get people to download and use the app from basically day one. As soon as it starts going live, people are, people are using it. And there's no reason why they should, because, you know, we're not like one of the aggregators. We There's only one basic for them is one little independent pizza shop but it but it works we get them on there but once i've got them on there then then i then i really really have it um and the, the information we get off there um is sometimes a bit scary you know and i'll give you a quick example of when my my son who who's, who's when he was 10 he he just said my teacher ordered from uh one of our stores last night because she said that it's really nice so i went okay i said well, when did she order she said sunday i said all right okay and i knew she uh, lived in one of the uh, I knew she lived roughly in one of the store's areas but within five minutes of sitting on the dining table I, I told him that it wasn't uh, his teacher it was uh, her partner I told him her partner's date of birth I told him what phone they were using email address and address as well and obviously exactly what they ordered and so that's when you got that level of information uh, apart from feeling like a stalker you can also use it in your marketing you know to remarket to people and, and that's I think the key yeah, that's what we're here to do. So we get loyalty, we get them to come back. Yeah, that's the that's what DoorDash, Grubhub, and Uber Eats does for themselves, but not give it to the customer. You're kind of doing that for yourself. So you do have like, you know, we, we talk a lot about Facebook changing and advertising yeah. changing and getting more expensive. And you're like, you know what? That's fine because I'll just move to the next platform because I don't build my audience on Facebook. I use Facebook yeah. and leverage it to get people to go to the app where I control the information. So if Schmashbook comes up, there's a new app. You're just going to use that in the same way you used Facebook to get people to go to the app. We talk about that all the time. Yeah, hundred percent. And also it, it means that, you know, with, with any changes on Facebook, I think you've spoken about how um, you never know what's going to happen. You know, if, if something's going to happen, we've had we've had ad accounts where they've been where they've been um, disabled and all this sort of stuff, and they've, right. they've come back within the day. But you never know. Say something. Say some government initiative comes up where they say no, we're going to ban Facebook, for example. Then what do you do? You know, in terms of uh, all that sort of stuff. So we have to you have to use every channel available. It's it's what I call in my mind I call it like stereo marketing. So you hit them from all angles, you know, and that's it. Yeah. So if they if they get annoyed with you, let them get annoyed with you. You know, that's fine. But at least they've heard about you to get right. annoyed, you know, and all this sort of stuff. So you know, we'll hit them in every way. The 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 app is pushing. Yeah, we push notifications. The uh, all the other stuff we're doing is all on there, and. That's how you. I think that's how you. You have to get above the noise in in, in what's happening now. It's it's the only way to do it. Um, it's changed. I'm, I used to be the king of doing leaflets, you know, but yeah. like, I don't print a leaflet anymore. So if we if we go back to that, we can do that too. Yeah, you've changed, right? Like you've adapted with the times. Yeah, yeah. and I think we we're gonna 
we're always adapting. You know, we're always looking at, you know, you know whether it's worth doing Snapchat ads. We everyone's now TikTok. TikTok. If we if do we need to use TikTok? And before I'd never used Instagram. You know, and all that sort of stuff. And now I think we um, we're, we're pushing Instagram in a big way. There's one thing I do believe though is, especially when you run ads, you, you it's very hard to be viral. I think you have to have the right personality. You have to have a bit of luck and all that sort of stuff to to do all to do it all organically. All these businesses are there to make money. Um, you have to do it via via ads, and you have to do it, you know, and you have to avoid the vanity metrics. So you avoid, you know, some of our some of our pages have probably got about you know fifty followers, a hundred followers. To, to be honest with you, I, I literally have no idea how many fans and followers we've got on each of the pages. But I do know other people will have loads more. Um, but it doesn't matter because I'm running ads, you know, and uh, and the the posts and all that sort of stuff is all there to keep the page active, to to keep a bit of engagement going. Um, there's people better in our mastermind group are doing, are, are, you know, getting engagement and getting all the organic stuff and all that sort of stuff. But I get my, I'm used to paying for marketing, so I don't mind paying for marketing. So I don't, it doesn't bother me if something's not got organic reach because I'm going to pay for an ad to do the same. So that's, that's my philosophy in terms of how we, how we can push it. Yeah. And I think you have a different mentality too, when it comes to failing on ads, like you're, not that you want to fail on ads. Nobody wants their ads to fail and be horrible, but you're okay with setting aside a certain amount of money to test things out. And like, you're like, all right, I'm going to test it out for a month or two. And if it works great, if it doesn't, it was a learning experience. I'm not going to do that again, but you're not afraid to try stuff. Yeah. If it, if it doesn't work, then tell your competitors, that's what you're doing. So then that'll be it. <laughs> <laughs> that's always a good way. So they think, Oh, what are you doing? Oh yeah, whatever I'm doing. I'm doing TikTok ads and I'm spending 1500 a month and I'm looking at the stuff I'm going and let them carry on and do it. <laughs> so it works. Yeah. And, um, it's, uh, I read an article, this is years ago. I think I was, I was 20 years, 20 years old at the time. It was, it was actually in Harvard business review is a, it was about throwing competitors, the curveball. So as well as running my ads, I've got, I've got shed learn. This is, this is where probably people will go, all right, okay. And they'll start changing their ads if they're watching us. But I've got shed loads of ads that are targeted in, in the middle of the North sea. And that's, and they're there because I know that, you know, you, you and I both know how you can check on other people's ads and see right. what they're doing. But so when they check the ads, they don't know, they don't know where they're targeted essentially. So they can follow the ads and they can try and copy the ads that are targeted to basically probably a few fishermen <laughs> in the North Sea and they can, they can copy them. And, and then they're, I'm leading them down a garden path to where they don't want to be. So that's the sort of stuff we do. So we've, I've used a lot of stuff that I learned in, you know, when I did my degree in economics, when I'm doing Mandarin consultancy and all the other stuff. So I learned it and applied it into pizza in weird ways and, and ways to sort of like, you know, beat the competition. Cause you know, I don't make friends with people in my area, unfortunately that are in the same industry as I am because it's just, you know, I don't believe in that. And which is kind of why I, I taper down the takeaway doctor side because I didn't want to do marketing and then for, for say a, uh, any takeaway in an area and then come along saying, well, I'm going to stop now because I've just going to open up a shop around the corner from me. Right. Um, so even, even though, even though I, I go after the competition. I'm pretty direct about how I do it. I don't want to do it in a sneaky way. So that's just sort of the way we do it. You're very transparent about the fact that you want to crush the competition. Yeah. Well, the, 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 otherwise they, they're going to crush you. <laughs> it's like, you know, I don't, and it, I think it's probably a, um, probably a fault of mine or, or, and also an asset, I think in terms of it's, it's both ways because they're getting their sales. There's only a finite number of places that people will eat from. And so if someone's not eating from me, they're eating from somewhere else. Someone's only going to have a takeaway 
normal people, apart from me, who's had a, a pizza a day for 25 years, but normal people only have like uh, once a month or twice a month, or maybe they have it once a week or twice a week. But so if they're not, if, if you're not the person that they're going to call, then they're going to somewhere else. Um, so I can't go along conceivably and be like best of pals with someone in my, one of my delivery areas because I'm, I want to steal their customers from them. And I don't want to think twice before I'm trying to steal their livelihoods, <laughs> you know, do that sort of stuff. but it's, it is the way it is, you know, and that's, that's what we do. If we, if we deny, from my point of view, if I, if I deny that, then, you know, what are we doing? You know, it's, it's, it's not a, it's not a, like a, a a, a company where we were all trying to be, be a companionship and we're all trying to do well because that's not how the world works now. <laughs> so that's True. the way it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me ask you this. If you were a single unit operation, would you still be doing marketing the same way you're doing it for your franchises and yourself and multiple businesses? Yeah, um, and that's why we're successful with the franchises. Um, I treat every, the, the marketing we do with all the franchises is, is really local you know, in terms of the way we do it. So we're, we're not pushing the, the fat pizza stuff. We're in terms of like, you know, we're coming to town, we've got 20 odd units and all that sort of, well, even, even when you look at any of the websites, someone told me yesterday, he goes, you do know that there's no way I can see how many shops you've got. I said, well, why do I want anyone to know that? Yeah, I don't, don't understand the concept because um, it's, it's the local guy that the people are going to order from. Um, we're not Domino's. We're not Papa John's. We won't be until we're on TV every week. And that's like, whatever, years and years away, you know, in terms of even if we ever get there. So, you know, we can't think what you build is the local brand. And so for a single unit guy, it'll be exactly the same. I wouldn't do it any other different, any, any different because everything I do, the, the guy, the single unit operator can do. Um, and that's the way we, that's the way I like being the underdog in an area. So we're always the love. We're now the last in any area we go, which is sort of obvious, but you know what I mean? There's, <laughs> there's established guys there. But um, that's what we that's what we do. We're we're very we're very good at local uh, marketing. I think I'm good at uh, more guerrilla style marketing on, on social media and stuff like that. So, and um, I've always got a target. Um, is and and that's I realised that when watching you know I'm, I'm not a basketball player. I watched the that Michael Jordan documentary on Netflix and you know where he did any little slight would motivate him to, to go after him, you know, to, to do well. And they showed he was, you know, he scored whatever, double the number of points he normally scored in them sort of games. And I think I'm the same, you know, and someone mentions, if you mention, oh, there's this pizza shop down the road from you and they're doing really well. For some reason, I, I start focusing on them, <laughs> you know, just to, just to see, well, why are they doing well and see if we can, see if we can do stuff to affect their sales. That's, right. that's all it is. Nothing, nothing like, you know, going outside the front of the shop and all that sort of stuff. I'm not, not to that level yet. I've restrained myself, but, um, but in terms of we do better to make sure that they're doing as well, you know, and that's, and that, 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 that I think I enjoy that. What about employees? Is it hard for you to find employees in your area? Um, it does depend, um, on the, on the specific area, but it, it used to be, it, it started getting very difficult before the pandemic, but I think, you know, on the one uh, in terms of finding drivers now, um, it's not difficult at all because no one uses taxis here anymore. So there, you've got all these old taxi drivers and all that sort of stuff that are, that, that were looking for jobs. Um, I think one thing that the pandemic has meant that um, in, in the UK, especially um, delivery driving, wasn't really classified as a job. If that makes sense, you know, in, in, they didn't think of it as a profession. No one really thought. You know, everyone kind of looked down on it. You know, in terms of what it is. And yeah. I think in that way, it's kind of improved, you know, in terms of the perception has improved on it, you know, and all this sort of stuff. So, you know, my franchisees, are, are, because I've got, 
I have to drive a tracking. I can see, you know, and, and I haven't got some of the franchises. I said, I can see you doing deliveries. Why are you doing deliveries? You know, you need to be managing in store. And he goes, no, no, it's getting late. So on the one side, it's good because they wanted to get the, the food out on time to the customers. But on the other side, I'm thinking, well, no, you need to be back in the shop because, you know, there's another, you know, 15 orders that, you know, you need to be, be in there watching. So it's it's got to the stage where it's more acceptable. So no, it's, it's getting easier now. And the way our system works, I, I can, there's not many people I can't train how to make a pizza, um, you know, in terms of that. And if they can't make a pizza, I, I'd say I can probably count on one hand that I've just thought to myself, you know, you guys aren't good enough to make pizza because it, again, it's the system, you know, in terms right. of on, on, on what you're doing then. So you don't need to worry. Yeah. I like that. Well, this has been a fascinating conversation. Sonny, where can people go say hello to you or if they have a question for you, where should they go? Um, well, they just uh, reach out to me on, on LinkedIn, Sunny Sheena, or, the, or if you just if you just um, comment on any of the Fat Pizza pages, you'll get to you'll get you'll get to me eventually in uh, in that sense. So you know we got we got the franchise is fatpizzafranchise.com, but again just Sunny at thefatpizza.co.uk. I'm always reach out, always available. And we'll link all that up in the show notes for this episode. It's, uh, Sunny on LinkedIn, the website for Fat Pizza. Um, Sunny, thank you so much for sharing all your info. It was great chatting with you, and uh, I can't wait to share this with everybody else. No worries. Thanks, Bruce. Thanks for having me on. All right. If you want to get a hold of Sonny, Sonny, by the way, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. I know you're listening to this. Appreciate it, my friend. See you on next week's call. If you want to get information on what we talked about on this podcast episode, head over to smartpizzamarketing.com. Just type in Sonny or The Fat Pizza in his podcast episode. Show notes will pop up. We'll link up Sonny on LinkedIn and we'll link up The Fat Pizza. You can go check out all of that stuff over at smartpizzamarketing.com. And if you're listening to this still, Shoot me an email, bruce at smartpizzamarketing.com. If you have a question or you want to be on the podcast, say hello to me on Instagram. I am at smartpizzamarketing and at the Bruce Irving. And don't forget, Pizza Summit 2021, if you're listening to this in the future, you can still go back and access the recordings, but you got to pay full price because that coupon code SPM Podcast for 50% off the ticket admission expires Friday. So if you're listening to this in the future, sorry, you should have subscribed before you would have got access to that. You can still go back and get it, though. The recordings are still there, along with the podcast episodes. But if you're listening to this live, make sure you register. You don't want to miss out. I guarantee you the first session you watch or listen to will be worth the admission of the $24.95 with that coupon code SPM Podcast. All right. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I appreciate you all. We'll see you next week on the Summit, May 24th through the 26th. And if you missed it, we'll see you on next week's podcast episode as usual. See ya.